re 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 ready Check Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. That's right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it though. I said Monday, Wednesday, Friday, yeah, you know it's a go. Okay, I see they going off, but we gon' rewrite it Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Rewriters Room. We are the men with the pen. We are we got we we got a very very fun episode in store uh, for these uh, for y'all. Um, so of course y'all know me. I'm Armand Sadler, the Brock Lesnar of broadcasting, the Roman Reigns of rhetoric, the Paul Heyman of podcasting, and the John Cena of journalism. Mm. I'm not here alone. I got my guys. We are we are a uh, tremendous trio. So you know, of course, I gotta let y'all know the uh, the t- two of my other thirds. So how, how y'all feeling, guys? What's good, y'all boys? It's CC, best rapper and producer, whole wide world, God body, because I consume healthy products and do towel curls, but nothing than surface to the earth and philanthropist. And every phrase I say is a gym like this. You could put any nigga next to me, right? So say we standing at Lemon Stand, right? All right, I pull up. I'm waiting on this nigga to get his cup of lemonade, right? It's these two kids selling it. He giving them all type of orders. Eight years old. They don't know what's going on. The women across the street going to be like, whose man's is this? I may talk a lot, but I only got one thing to say. Love yourself and keep going. You are the world. Give all you can. Take care of your body, your people, and your land. Where the fuck my nigga Chad? What's going on? What's going on? Reporting live from the Midcar. It's Midcar Mafia. Um, I just wanted to get you guys to know this is, we're going on two years, two plus years of Roman Reigns, but that means two plus years of main of Vijay Uso. And uh, <laughs> slash main event Jimmy Uso. <laughs> the mid card is always around people, even when you think it's not around, it's always been around. That's a lot. That's a lot of main events yep. with the Usos, and you've watched it happily. So, whenever you say, Oh, Roman Reigns' his reign is okay to me, just think about that. Think about how much, how many, how much you care about Sami Zayn right now. Basically, him pretending to be Samoan. Which in a different time could be racist. I'll admit mm-hmm. it could it, it could come off very different. <laughs> my, my, my dog, <laughs> like when he said my dog, my oos, my oos. Like, what? Now? Like, but that's all good. That's the big cards. That good man. Our mid card, our big card king. That's it's going on good. Man. That is facts. That is facts. And we know we haven't given out some guests in uh, quite some time. So for our penultimate episode for this season, we had to bring in some of the most diabolical, some of the most creative, some of the most hilarious. One of my favorite other wrestling podcasts in this black wrestling space because there is there is a difference between the internet wrestling community and the black wrestling community we we look at shit so much differently and honestly the best podcasts are within the black wrestling space now these aren't just any podcasters they are represented by blue wire pods they're represented by seat geek They've represented by Tito's. They've interviewed Carmelo Hayes. They've interviewed motherfucking Malcolm Bivens. Uh, actually, sorry, Stokely Hathaway, FKA Malcolm Bivens. They've interviewed JTG. They are Cody Dre and Sky Haif of the Black Announce Table. Fellas, how, how y'all feeling? Welcome. Welcome yeah. to the pod. That introduction was incredible, my brother. I, I, I do what I can, man. I do what I can. On, and, I and, and, and it comes from a fan, a genuine fan. Wow, so, man. It's an honor to have you out here, fellas. I'm a fan of yours as well, bro. Thank you for having yeah. us, man. 
Thank you, man. Definitely. We definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. So before we jump into all the fun and we got a lot of fun playing, I do want to ask because I started listening to uh, maybe like mid 2020. And I know that y'all recently celebrated your five year anniversary. So I'm, I'm pretty late to the pod. So I, I just want to hear the story of how you all met one another and how you came together and formed the Black and House Table. Man, C- Cody, head, head, heads or tails, who, who's taking it? <laughs> um, so basically, um, we we had both wanted to do podcasting, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like separately, you know what I'm saying? Me and Eve, we went to the same high school together. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? And we had connected. We had went to Duce, Henny Palooza, one of them. They changed the name. <laughs> so it's definitely one of them. I don't remember which. But um, we had linked up through there. And um, me and Eve had always been cool with each other. You know what I'm saying? Always yeah. been rocking with each other. Always showed each other love and respect. So he said he wanted to do a podcast. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, oh, really? Because at the same time, I was thinking about doing the podcasting as well. Yeah. And it was just, we, I don't know, was it talking, did we decide on wrestling at that moment? I don't think it was wrestling it at was, that moment. Uh, it was, I told him I was on the car ride back from, from Henny Palooza, you know, you know, niggas be inebriated. Wait, can we curse on this show? Yeah, of course, of course. All right, you know, <laughs> niggas be inebriated. You talking like, yo, yo, I'm thinking, you know, let's, let's do a podcast. You know what I'm saying? I'm, you know, I'm thinking about doing some like sports entertainment music you feel me i'm so i'm trying to pitch it like yo you know, i'm trying to do a little a little diversity thing you know what i'm yeah. saying like what's up and he mm-hmm. was like all right i'm i'm, I'm rocking with it I'm, i like it so at the well i noticed that him and you know me and chris always been cool we used to go to church together nice. that have been my home girl for, for half my life yeah shout so, out to chris yeah yes. fact, chris i love you girl you know what i'm saying yeah um so i seen him and, and chris you know interacting on the timeline and we'd always interact about just wrestling you know what i'm saying um, and I, I remember speaking to Chris Ann uh, early that year and telling him, like, yeah, hey, you know, I've been thinking about starting a podcast because literally wrestling is what like it got us to, you know, be friends. It's not like we weren't friends, but, you know, some you fall off with your friends sometimes. Yeah. But now it's like, oh, shit, we got something in common. We talk about it. Boom. We catching up. So we talking. I was like, yeah, hey, you know, I've been thinking about starting a podcast. And she was like, where I've been, you know, some of my coworkers been telling me I should start a podcast, too. And I was like, worried about what? And she was like, wrestling. And I was like, okay, that's what's up. I was like, um, I was like, who are you gonna do it with? She was like, well, I don't got nobody right now, but she was like, if you want to, she was like, we could do it together. So I was like, I bet, like, I'm I'm down. I was thinking about at this time, like I was thinking about doing a podcast, but I wanted to do like a music podcast. Or like sport, you know, the typical like nigga podcast where it's like, yeah, relationships. Let's talk two hundred two hundred dollar date. <laughs> two hundred dollar date, or am I going to dinner with Jay-Z? Like, yeah. how, how am I gonna spend my time? Facts. Like I, I was on that that path. You feel me? Thank God. God look, you feel me? You shined your light on me and changed my path. You know what I'm saying? So um, she was like, Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about doing a wrestling podcast. I was like, I bet, like, cool. She was like, You do with me? I was like, Yeah. So when I spoke to Cody, I was like, yo, you know, me and my homegirl, we think about doing the wrestling podcast, yada, yada, yada. Whoop, whoop, whoop. He was like, I bet. So we started a group chat um, with me, Cody, and Chris. I forgot what pay-per-view it was, but with that, you know, I was trying to test the chemistry out, see where everybody was at, you feel me, and see what the vibe was. It was cool. We was all getting along, you feel me, hitting, boom. I was like, I bet. Um, and then from there, we was like, all right, let's, let's try and record a show. I had um a damn interface and two microphones. Chrisanne had a laptop. 
Cody had a microphone and some knowledge and and um like how to use GarageBand and shit. Thank God for that, because yeah. had he not been there, it would niggas would been we would have just been looking at the box and shit like this, like this. <laughs> what do we do? Like <laughs> niggas would have just been confused. But you know, yeah. we we all kind of put whatever we had together, and you know, we made the show. And the first episode was fucking hell to make, mm-hmm. but we made it. And shit, we've been rocking for five years, man. Yeah, no, nah, it's uh, it's one of the most enjoyable podcast for me to listen to again and um i remember when i went on earlier this year and i saw because i told y'all like you know a lot of podcasts these days are it's visuals are a big thing too and a lot of them record in like a studio space where they're all they're all physically together but i feel like y'all have really flexed the whole virtual visual aspect of podcasting like when i was there and i saw you know the, the the opening credits video and just all the different things that pop up like it gives you something to just visualize while you're talking um uh, about this wrestling shit and i think that's important because the pandemic really made it so like no one was really recording podcasts together physically you had to take your shit to zoom or take it to uh was it streamcast i believe it's called or um like there's a bunch of other different apps and so like uh stream yard yeah 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 all those different ones so like what because i i feel like originally y'all used to record like physically together before cody moved am, am i correct mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like well, well what was that transition like for y'all to to go you know virtually um well for me personally like i i had moved to atlanta i'm i'm, I'm in atlanta now but it was it was definitely difficult it was difficult because you know what i'm saying i love doing the podcast with my friends and just being around people that like wrestling as much as I do. Cause like on my timeline, these were the only people that was talking about wrestling. Yeah. So I would interact with them and everything. So moving away from that, it was kind of a struggle. It's just like, damn, I don't know. It's like, we, we just going to try something and make it work. Yeah. And the fact that we got all together and everything, and we was like, we just going to flip it and, and make it as, as fun and make it how we would want that to be delivered to the public to be honest with you like we we linked up with kp kp is uh he handles everything for us you know what i'm saying he's been he's he's a fan as well as the show so he wants to he sees it from a fan's perspective to where he wants to make this as big as he can and everything and like that and we hit him with ideas and everything like that and we just gel together to where we give him the ideas he has an idea we all work together and that's what you see on the YouTube. You go to the YouTube, you see the show, all of these graphics and everything, everything comes together so perfectly, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And I think Eve said it on our, like, we had the award show to where that's when everything started coming together. And like, mm-hmm. that's when it's just like, okay, this is at that time, that was our peak. Like this award show, the graphics and everything just looks amazing. Yeah. Everything just looked great. So mm-hmm. that's the standard we've been setting for ourselves and just trying to keep it going, just just try to raise the bar. You know what I'm saying? Because we're not there. We're not all together. We, you know what I'm saying? It's a little, it's a little different now. So we got to make the best with what we can do. Yeah. Well, I was scared, man. We, we had to make the move. I was like, damn, I was like, boy, I'm, I'm in the crib rocking. Like, boy, how, how the fuck <laughs> we going to make this shit work? Mm-hmm. But it, it, it ended up in being a blessing disguise. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we actually got better when we, you know, when Cody moved and we, we separated, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, now we're able to do interviews and do different shit, you know what I'm saying, that we, we weren't able to do before. So, hey, so, some the scariest moves be the ones where that turn out to be the best move sometimes, man. 100%. 100%. Uh, fellas, mm-hmm. y'all y- 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 got anything for for our guys? What you mean? Bro, 
Man, I just want to say that uh, the story of how y'all came together is like hella organic, which I respect a lot or whatever. Um, and that's like probably why I have a, a lot of success and why I will continue to um, when I keep that aspect or whatever, because like y'all was explaining how everything was happening and none of that was like forced or whatever. And I think that's what comes off because like one of my things is like I'll be busy with like a ton of different shit like every day. So I usually don't have a lot of time to get into everything, but I stay on y'all clips, like at least like two, three times a week, I go to, through some of y'all clips. And like the way that y'all like just talk about it. And like, by the time I get to the end of the clip, I'm just like, oh, that's like the end of it. And like, I now want to hear like the rest of the conversation, which is like, that comes from like a skill of like having a conversation, but also at the same time, like y'all said, like when y'all established the chemistry, and uh, the chat for the first time, it comes from that too. And just keeping real with each other and shit like that. And that shit just bleed through. So that shit is, I'm fucking with it heavy. Uh, yeah, I appreciate your voice coming on. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. And it, it it comes from like, just like the thing is, when we do the show, me personally, I try not to talk about wrestling with, <laughs> with Chris or Eve. You know what I'm saying? I want it all to just come out on the show. You yeah. know what I'm saying? There's certain things that happen on Raw and SmackDown. I was like, Yo, this is crazy. Like, mm, let me not let me save that for the show, yeah. save the energy and everything. So we all talk about it together and stuff like that. And I'm I'm happy it shows off like on the show, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Like, I feel like that happened because me, Chan, and CC, we started from a from a group chat. We had a group chat since like 2017, 2018. We started our pod 2020. And I feel like now that we pod together bi-weekly, we don't necessarily talk about wrestling in the chat as much. As we used to like, like, like we used to go through Monday Night Raw, Friday Night SmackDown, like, yeah. like live updates, like director's like, commentary, yeah. Yeah. like, like we were our own commentary table, and yeah. now, now we'll watch shit, we'll say certain shit, but I feel like we really get our thoughts out on the podcast, which is like a really fun medium uh, to do so. And yeah. you, you don't realize, it's like, damn, like, like it's fun to have a group chat about this shit, but it's also fun to, you know, talk about it like audibly and then put it out to the world to see how they. Uh, feel about what we think as well. Um, so I definitely feel y'all on that. Last question before we jump into rewriters. Well, what did it feel like when that first sponsorship offer came through? SeatGeek was, was the first one. So what, what, what was that? What was that feeling like? Where it was like, ah, shit, man. Like, we're, we're able to put them uh, put their logo on our on our graphics and like there's, there's a fucking promo code that's our name that people could use. Like SeatGeek, like we're, we're like we're we're represented. Like we're really up here man um for me i remember um K i remember kp calling me at work and it, it was strange because kp don't never call me you know what yeah. i'm saying like kp usually he'll text me uh but this day he called me but i couldn't answer because you know i'm over here fucking hanging sheetrock or doing whatever the fuck it is i was doing yeah so i called him afterwards i was like yo what's good i was like you called he was like yeah and he was like um he was like, i got some good news i was like what's up he was like uh he was like, do you want the show to say powered by SeatGeek or uh, something else by SeatGeek? I was like, boy, what? I almost hung the phone. I was like, nigga, stop playing with me. Stop yeah. playing on my phone. Man. But he was like, nah. He was like, bro, he was like, we got it. And I was like, well, I was like, that shit crazy. Like, you remember, in, um, damn, what movie was it? Was it, um, what was that Will Smith movie? This nigga did the fuck, the slow clapping. Oh, movie. Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the street, but I almost started doing this shit right here. I was like, yes, you know what I'm saying? I like, I, mm. I remember uh, at the time, Chrisanne was on vacation. She yeah. was in Trinidad. I was like, yo, I got to FaceTime you. So I FaceTimed her. She was like, what's up? I was like, we got a Seeky deal. She was like, what? She's over here. She's going crazy. I hit this man up. I was like, yo, I, I got to call you. He answered the phone. This nigga, he was like, yo, 
This thing, I think he was at Dollar Tree or some shit. This thing's like, boy, yeah, I was having a bad day. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was having a bad, this shit just made my day better. Like, that, that was just, that right there was like, oh, well, I was like, we headed in the right direction. I was like, all right, we on the, we on the up and up. Everything is clicking right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a beautiful day. I'll never forget that day. That day was, it was a shitty day too. That, that was the fucked up part. Thank you. A, it was a shitty ass day. It was raining. It was cold. It was. And then I got that call. I was like, all of a sudden, I felt sunshine. That was God right there. Shining <laughs> his light on me, man. God did. I, I need it. God, God did. God did. Let's jump to public now. All right. So for um, our people who are not subscribed to the Patreon, you missed out on some very fun conversations. We gave some brief thoughts on the DJ Khaled album. We talked about who the DJ, DJ Khaled of the WWE is. We talked about who the Sami Zayn of music is. And we had a very, very fun competitive podcast versus podcast before we write segments so if you are not subscribed to that patreon patreon.com blacks backslash the show rnc and of course subscribe to our guest patreon as well that's patreon.com backslash the black and table like just black and table yep yeah there we go there we go make sure you tap in subscribe they got some great stuff on there a lot of different podcasts i was on um the uh the radio tbat radio yep they they got a lot a lot of good shit there so um make sure make sure that you tap in but so for our pre-write, uh, for, for our guests, our pre-write segment is where we talk about something that has happened recently in WWE or AEW. We can talk about that 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 show too. Something that we like or we dislike that has happened. So we're going to start with our guests, of course. Cody, what is something in WWE or AEW recently, a recent storyline that you have liked and or disliked? Oh, man. I, I don't know where to begin with the, um, I really don't. Because there's so much stuff I, I dislike about AEW <laughs> right now. But, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to switch it to a positive note. We're going to be on some positive vibes. Um, like a lot of people had um, some words to say about CM Punk. Mm-hmm. The CM Punk squash match with uh, John Moxley and everything like that. Um, and rightfully so. You know what I'm saying? Before I seen the match, I was on the last podcast of the show. Oh, I was oh, I was going in. We was going in on um punk and for that. <laughs> that like the the fact that it wasn't even a good squash match to where it's 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 good and entertaining as far as let's say a uh, a Brock Lesnar and uh Goldberg when they had their squash match when mm-hmm. um Goldberg first came back and they ran that off. That was like nah this is crazy this was just like out of nowhere and everything this squash match and even look it wasn't even that it just didn't even feel right for a a squash match to be honest if they wanted to give that big shocking appeal to the viewer and everything to me it didn't come off that way but i'm gonna start on a good thing i think a lot of people say like was saying cm punk is not healthy that's why they did that or it was probably because of you know what CM Punk said he went off the script about Adam Hangman Page and everything like that but I think this plays into a storyline to where CM Punk goes hell and I think we get we get where it tells a story to where CM Punk cut a promo when he was on AEW and a lot of people I think he was in a program with MJF and they was like oh pg punk and all of this and he was like kind of replying to that to where y'all don't want me to go back to the old cm punk where it's gonna be a day and y'all gonna be wishing like i never went back to that and i think after the squash match they showed cm punk looking back at the ring or whatever and 
I think it's just the beginning of a story to where CM Punk is is back. Like we get that heel CM Punk. And I like it's not even the fact they're telling a good story with that. It's just the fact that it's a story to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Let like let it build up. Let's see. Let's see how it plays out. It's so much talk around this and everybody's quick to throw out opinions and everything. Let's just see how it plays out. You know what I'm saying? And I think we that's something we got to we got to let play out. And I like that. I like that. I like the fact that we have to wait and see what goes on with CM Punk, because it's, it's so easy to just throw shit at the wall and just assume things. But let's yeah. let's just see how it play. Out. Let's just see how it plays out. So I'm Something not I'm not I'm not going to be the one to shit on it, even though it's easy to. That's why I, I went against the <laughs> grain and I picked CM Punk in his turn and in, in him being squashed, being as a positive. I'm going to go against the grain and say that. No, but that's a good point because like I was watching uh the video of him explaining how The Rock was trying to call him or whatever. Uh that one time they was uh doing the show. It was like after the show when they was filming something for the, that movie that The Rock was doing. And The Rock tried to call him because the the crowd kept calling his name. And CM Punk commented this himself. He said that was such a smart thing to do. He was like, This is how smart The Rock is. They were like chanting my name or whatever. So instead, like instead of like panicking or anything like that, he leaned into and said, "Okay, so I'm gonna call him or whatever." Blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. And when you when you think about what Cody just said, it's just like if you think about where CM Punk right now is in life and in his like wrestling career and stuff like that, especially what his relationship is to his coworkers and the fans and just you know people who know about him or whatever. Um, he's at that point where it would make sense to like, yeah like lean into that character be like like you know be exactly what they're accusing you of and turn that shit up like turn it up even more like if and and not only that like you do it for the reason that you said years ago when you said you were the best one in the world or whatever like yes you can do some cool shit in the ropes and tell like a cool story like in the ropes with your wrestling whatever but you know what else is the other side to that shit being that character that really is just you're just like you hit people so hard with the way that you talk and what you you're about and the way you're going about your shit if you turn that shit up the way you really want to then you can actually maybe move some needles possibly exactly. <laughs> you know because what i'm saying so obviously his character now is not doing that you know what i'm saying it's time for a change you know what i'm saying and once again don't forget mjf is somewhere lurking ready to come back so you got to put that into the picture as well is mjf ready to come back uh-huh. <laughs> is is he look despite he's despite his issues he's still under contract he's got to come back True. and work you know what i'm saying maybe he, he has to come back and work i'm pretty sure tony khan's sitting there like yo mjf and by the way mjf is a ratings you know what i'm saying any time mjf <laughs> is on aw television it's a spike so I'm pretty sure that plays into his mind as well. It's like, okay, I got to bring him in here. Who knows, man? We probably get a face turn from MJF, turn back on Punk, and finish the story. You know what I'm saying? MJF's a real little move, if you ask me. But hey. he is. Oh, he is. thank you. Okay, can we talk about it? Can we please talk about <laughs> yeah, it? Damn. Please, please talk about either. it. 
Can we please talk about it? I'll say this. I only I've watched AEW shows maybe like 10 to 12 times. The only consistent entertainment I've ever seen comes from MJF. And you can give him a fucking mic. And I know I'll be like, okay, I kind of care about seeing where this goes next or whatever. He's the only motherfucker, like every time he has a mic where I'm like, oh, okay, like let me just see what it is. And sometimes it ends up being bullshit. And it's like, oh, okay, well, now you gotta bring me back or whatever. But he fucking gets me back, like interested or whatever. And when he cut that last one. You know, before he left, whatever that was the ill, like still to this day or whatever. When I think about stuff that I've seen in AEW, where I'm like, oh, okay, like that really like hit me or impressed me. Like I felt something when he did something, like when he did that. After everything after that has felt so flat because of how high of a peak that was, and they haven't been able to get back that back to me mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and yeah, so bro, that man got it. Um, they need to be smart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you've got it, yeah. Now, I was going to say, MJF, if I was you, uh, to, to add some, you feel me, a little bit of seasoning or feel me on it, I, I would have took that AEW ring off and threw it in the crowd just to, you feel me, just to spice it up. Absolutely. But that's just me, though. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I, I feel like I give MJF a lot of flack because I feel like his promos, I feel like he cuts the same promo over mm. and over again. You know what I'm saying? Where it's just, I feel like he hits buzzwords and profanity and niggas be like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? He, he That's how he gets a lot of people, but. Hey, it is what it is. As far as what I'm liking right now, um, I, I love the the CM will be be sent. You know, we gave him a nice eulogy the other day on the show. CM Punk, <laughs> he, he got put in a pack. I love that. Yeah. Um, I, I love the the rejuvenation of the mid card right now, and um, mm, in, in the wow. WWE. You know, what I'm saying the the intercontinental um picture and the the U.S. title picture. I love the the rejuvenation of that. You know, what I'm saying yeah. even the the tag team picture. We're getting uh, teams like Hit Rose back. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I may not be feeling they swag, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, I, I like them in the ring. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I may not mm-hmm. like the raps, but I like the wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think Legato is coming up. Mm-hmm. That's that's another team I'm looking forward to. Um, we seen Gunther and we're getting Gunther and um Sheamus at, at Clash of the Castle. We just elite. seen Gunther have a banger with um with uh with Shinsuke Nakamura. So Right now, it's like I'm, I'm loving. We seen um Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles have a banger. Team TNA, um, baby. Yeah, so it's like right now, I feel like that mid card is 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 looking it's looking solid right now. You know what I'm saying? You you know how uh how they be saying like yo if you, if your old line if your offensive line is weak your, your team is weak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's that's how I feel about kind of the mid card. I feel like they it's uh, that, that's your old line. You're building a solid old line right here, and you need these people to kind of hold up. You know. To hold up the team a little bit to protect you, you know what I'm saying? So I, I'm feeling that right now. I'm feeling the rejuvenation in the middle. Pause if need be. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you. I'm with you. I, I, I'm sure Chan is is uh, raving at this. So please, Chan, go go ahead. Buddy. Music. I mean, it's music to my ears. I mean, the mid card <laughs> is back. Um, it is one of those things. I think that the way you phrase it is really true. Like, yeah, it is the the health of your mid card is like your health. It's like, yeah, you could have some popping stars, but if you don't have no mid card, as soon as one of them is down or like one of them loses heat, everything falls off, which is kind of like leading us to later. We're talking about with Seamus, where you only yeah. have like three guys on top. Um, but one thing I have been banging the table on, and I'm not, you know, big pat myself on the back guy, but worlds collide, it's finally happening. NXT versus NXT UK. I've been banging this drum for years. I'm like, there should be some type of Survivor Series match with NXT UK. It's right there. It's an easy grab. So, like, obviously, every year hopefully won't be, you know, unification matches. But 
I would hope in the future we get to see NXT Europe versus NXT 2.0 or NXT America, whatever what they want to call it. But just like some type of consistent things, I think it's really dope to showcase a lot of the talent. Um, and I think it's like as someone who doesn't watch tons of NXT UK, it does a good job of like putting those people in front of you. And like it's just a dope, it's a dope concept. I love just the like random pairings of like Manny Rose versus Mako Satomura, like Tyler Bay versus Braun Breaker. It's just it just makes gives you sort of some cool matches, gives you some cool opportunities to do some different stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, hopefully Carmelo Hayes gets a match, but we'll see. We'll see about that, young man. Um, CC, what, what you feeling right now for for pre write purposes? I'm glad we're talking about the mid card because um, that's kind of that's what my uh, my uh, pre write is about. It's uh, it's not always about titles, you know. Um, I like the the intercontinental title stuff, like this stuff going on with the U.S. title, or whatever. Like how the the women's tag stuff is going on or, or whatnot. Um, and then it, there's just a lot of like energy where it's like a lot of people wanting to prove themselves, and a lot of that is like bubbling in the mid card, which is great to see because you're seeing a lot of good competition. But at the same time, and not to say that this doesn't exist, but, you know, we've got this like, you know, storyline that's been going on for a few weeks with uh, Loomis or whatever, you know, and this weird stuff going on in the backstage that we see like, you know, kind of like off camera that's, you know, over to the side and whatever. Um, And one thing that I think about um, when I'm thinking about like specifically like a show like Raw, like how it's three hours is how you kind of have to like keep good pacing or whatever. So like one of the things that does that is just keeping people entertained and like what I'm, what I want to see more of, and there's a little bit of this, but I think you have enough people who can act well and do this is like just crazy, like not even crazy, but just stories that are just like between the wrestlers, like where they just have these weird things going on. Like, um, you know, there used to be like, you know, back in the day, like, you know, the big one was Eddie Guerrero and um, Ray Mysterio. I like how they had their stuff over Dominic. That had nothing to do with the title. That was like completely like a personal. It was a soap opera storyline or whatever. Those things work really well because one, now you have like a reason to have these two people like in a match against each other for so long and so long or whatever, which can stabilize other stories. But at the same time, you're putting on this entertainment that's like really people like really uh helping people get through the pace of the show um in between matches and even like around the matches and stuff like that so um just turn that shit up it's there or whatever but like just turn that shit up let's get crazy or whatever you know what's my like it's not actually my favorite but like the funniest version of that to me is whenever it's like all of a sudden it's like oh this is Seth Rollins' favorite car. He loves this car. He drives this car every single place. And then all of a sudden, it's on the stage in front of Raw, and it's like, oh, of course that car is getting destroyed. But it's like, yep. it will just be like randomly one week. It's like, oh no, this is John Cena's favorite car. Like he drives this car everywhere. Like nothing could ever happen to this car. And then it's like, yep, that car is getting destroyed. Yeah. Never seen it before, but then this is the last time that car is gonna have wheels on it. I promise you that. And yeah. someone's gonna flip yeah. it. Now they're beefing over this car or something like that. So yeah, I do like that kind of stuff. And the shit and the shit is cheesy or whatever, but like as a nigga who was like recently gotten into like um the reality uh show uh TV shows or whatever, um more specifically Real Housewives of Atlanta and shit. Um <laughs> I've I've come to see I've come to see the the value and kind of like how easy of a trick it is um to just use drama to string people along to keep their attention for a little while. Like think about it. Like think about how big the shade room is or whatever. That's just like little bits and pieces saying like, ooh, look at this little thing here and there or whatever. If you yeah. add little spicy shit like that to storylines and stuff like that and keep it consistent over time, now you got keep you got people hooked and hooked and hooked. 
And, you know, you can have the wrestling and that at the same time. And that's how you that's how you really like up your like your merchandise sales, because you can do merchandise based on the stuff that they say backstage, whatever. So, but yeah. Mona Scott just heard what you said and started laughing. <laughs> so I heard that I was like, <laughs> Mona Scott need to be in the WWE. Hey, bro, come on, hey, man. Nick Tammy, Cobb, Roman. Tammy Roman needs to be in the WWE, boy. Oh my, yes. Oh my gosh, that the, would be the amazing. promos. The promos alone, so she can cut. Yeah. Something. Yeah, absolutely. Need to probably power bomb somebody. Or <laughs> she big enough to Chan yeah, <laughs> uh, for you how, how about you with the pre-write Oh my was worse collab Oh oh, oh, oh you said yours already Okay well, yeah. cool, cool. Okay me well, We kind of we touched on this um, In the Patreon segment which you guys should, should uh, subscribe So you can hear patreon.com backslash Deja RNC but Sammy Zane man like the, These segments with the Usos Have just been absolutely fantastic And, and I think someone pointed this out on Twitter like the way Jay Uso is acting towards Sammy is the way that Roman was acting towards Jay Uso two years ago when Roman came back, like gaslighting him, manipulating him, like you, you gotta win, you gotta do this, blah blah blah. And Jay, Jay looks crazy bullying somebody else. He's like, Jay, well, we saw you get bullied for the last two years. Like, you you don't got it like that. But that that's really how it be. Like, like so, like like let's say you got a big brother at home who's like treating you crazy you go home and like you get that anger you go to school rather and get that anger out by bullying somebody because because you're getting you're getting you know treated crazy in your crib so i think it's fascinating but sammy's handling it so well um i, I just find it funny that he's he wrestles in the bloodline shirt like like and, and he's still wearing the same bloodline shirt like roman and i have changed shirts a couple times since, since that bloodline <laughs> shirt sammy yeah. is still wearing the same one <laughs> proudly that shit is hilarious to me and um yeah I, I think i know like it was like two weeks ago when roman asked like yo sammy you still cool with kevin owens and he was like uh you know because kevin owens got my name is not blah 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 and i feel like that's planting the seeds to where when when the when the bloodline finally beats up sammy Zayn and kicks him out of the family sammy teams with ko and they might be the ones to get the tag team titles off of the usos and i think uh I think because I think the, the the tag team who beats them is a is a tag team that's not currently formed. Like like Channing and CZ have 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 a convinced me of that. Because I, I thought it was gonna be the Prophets. The Prophets had two fantastic matches with them. I was like, yo, Street Prophets gonna do it. And it, it doesn't happen. I'm just like, it's gotta be a team that we haven't seen. I don't think they're gonna do New Day. New Day lost to the Usos like back at what uh, a while ago. That might, might have been day one. Yeah. I don't know. Like it was it, it was recent. So you need a break also. Yeah, honestly, honestly, um, you know, they, they may get in their asses whooped by the fucking Raiders. <laughs> I can raise my right. asses. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, Sami Zayn's character, is, he's like, from his run from 2019 to now, 2019, when he was with um, Shinsuke and Cesaro, and then by himself the last couple of years, like, he's just been, he's on a whole other level. Like, if there's any time to put some title on him, it might be right now. So, you know, we'll see. But, um, yeah, that's our pre-write. So for the pre-write, I'm going to um, rapid fire ask y'all some questions. I know you guys got a chance to check them out, but you don't know which one I'm going to be asking you. So I'm going to start with you, Eve. Is Drew McIntyre really going to be the one to beat Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed uh, Universal title, or is he just going to get one title off Roman and Roman still holds on to one? You talking about Clash? Yeah, Clash. Um, at Clash, I drew you. I, I hate to say it, I don't think uh, Roman is coming up off any of the belts at Clash. Mm. Um, 
it would be nice, you know what I'm saying? Drew, you're home <laughs> in the UK, but nah, you feel me? I, ain't, I don't nah, think man. right now is that time for you, family. You feel me? Unfortunately. Nah, yeah. I, I think it's going to be some little chicanery or something. You feel me? I'm, cool. uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely disappointed to hear you say that as, as, as a member <laughs> of Drew McIntyre Hive. So I'm very much so hoping that you're wrong. My so I, I see the name as well. You feel me? You feel me? <laughs> Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. You feel me? Like you could claim more, kick him. You know, roll him up, light him up. That's it. That's that's how I feel. But uh, it okay. would be funny if Drew McIntyre became like Mansoor when they do the Saudi shows. It was like, no, he's actually unstoppable in Cardiff. Like he cannot lose oh, any UK show ever. Like he never loses a match in Cardiff. Like if he just squashes Roman Reigns just because he's in Wales, that would be hilarious. Fucking two hundred ranking on uh, on two K twenty two, unstoppable. <laughs> Start starts the match with three finishers. Word, I was about to say, uh, Cody Dre, who wins the NXT Women's Unification Title match? Is it Mandy Rose? Is it Nico Satamore? Or is it Blair Davenport? Oh, kind of put me on blast because I'm not. I'm not really tapped into NXT like that, so I'm okay. not sure of the backstory okay. of where where is like one. yeah oh there is there's no they just randomly threw them together like yeah, yeah. NXT UK is closing and so they gotta unify all them belts yeah. <laughs> so, so oh. it's like a going out of business pay per view kind of oh yeah okay so that's Ooh. see see that makes it even even more difficult because I think it doesn't make it I don't know because. I think Mandy should be back on that main roster too. You know what I'm saying? They kind of teased it with the toxic attraction going up there. And I guess one of them got hurt yeah. and they bounced them from the tournament and everything. Yeah. Oh man. I really have no clue. You caught me off guard with that one. I'm not going to lie. Lead with your heart, brother. <laughs> <laughs> what you said is probably right. Like Mandy probably doesn't go up yeah. and make, and they've built up Mako Satomura to be like, pretty unstoppable so like if she be if mandy beats her at this point it's kind of like the roman thing where it's like well then who's gonna do it bro like you yeah. gotta it's gotta be somebody you know so you're on the right path for real like yeah you're thinking the right way i feel like i I'm, i said this on the show some may call me crazy i just all hey look call me crazy but i got two eyes and two ears okay i said and if i if there was a trade machine for wwe I'm I'm putting in Mandy Rose and Liv Morgan and we trading them and I'm I'm saying I'm putting Liv down there, man. You hey. said, let's go get your enhancement hey. up and bring Mandy. Mandy, bro, I see Mandy hit V triggers. That knee <laughs> I'm seeing Mandy do all types of shit, bro. Bring Mandy up, man. She you earned it. You earned your spot back. She does yeah, have a, she does have a pretty strong knee. I don't know who tapped her on her shoulder. Was like, yeah, this is what you need to be doing. But kudos to that person, bro. <laughs> somebody at the piece, somebody at the PC really got in her ear. Was like, nah, this is what you need to be doing. Dog. That's Look, a fact. I'm not mad, man. Yo, put the title on Miko, man. Make it happen. Yeah. Make it happen. Fuck it. Send Mandy up, man. Let them do what they do. Word, word. Um, CC, which title gets split first? The WWE Undisputed Universal title or the WWE Undisputed Tag Team titles? I knew I was going to have to answer this question, and it's the tag team titles. Um, whoever defeats Roman, I agree. It, I don't think uh, Roman drops it in Cardiff. Um, to me, there's a lot of things that don't make sense about that. 
Um, one being the fact that for Drew to win in where he's from at that first pay-per-view that's ever been there for the first time, you know, ever in, in like 30 years or whatever, is almost like too perfect for that to even like really make sense. Um, and there will be some like crazy stuff that happens. Um, but I think the Roman losing the titles kind of like, I don't think it's like a, you know, he just loses the titles. I don't think you just turn it off. I think this, like the story's been built and built and built and built and pieces have been added to this thing. Right. So like the way I see it's kind of like a mountain, like if the went you go up to one side and then you hit the peak and maybe it plateaus for a long time or whatever. But when it comes down, it kind of gradually comes down. And I think that happens by, everyone around Roman breaking down or whatever. So like I think it was said earlier that you can kind of see the hint of like Sammy maybe turning face or whatever, you know, because of the way like Jay's treating him and like maybe Roman not really trusting him that much or whatever. You can see them kind of being like, oh, you're not really that close to us. And then like, you know, kicking them out or whatever. And but that's one person that he loses that could help. And then the next thing you know is that the Usos are not really doing so well. And boom, boom, they lose the titles, whatever. So then they're not doing that well. You don't believe in them. And then they stop coming around. You see what I'm saying? And then Paul eventually leaves. And then he just left with nothing. That's how I see it going or whatever. Just only just based off of what I listen to in Roman in interviews where he just talks about how much he's he studies this and he likes um doing it kind of like the right way and like you know doing things that people really don't don't do and I don't think I've ever seen someone really do like the gradual fall of like the tyrant kind of thing and which I can kind of see him going for um but um but yeah I think the the tag titles come off first and that's why okay all right all right CC. I'm mad at it. oh my, my fault you, you was gone no 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 I'm, I'm not mad at it I like yeah. that yeah I, I I can see that too. I I feel like it's gonna happen around the same time, but yeah, I, probably the tag titles first. Because yeah. I, I don't know, like, or I I was thinking I, I always envision a scenario where the Usos still had their titles, but Roman lost his, and then he becomes like just like psychotic, and he's like, nah, like you guys gotta give me your titles, something like it just like goes crazy on them, like just just that like insecurity of being the head of the table, but not having that thing that really like solidifies his status. Meanwhile, his cousins, who he's gaslighted for two years and mentally abused are still champions. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's gold there. So maybe we see that at some point. That's a good idea. Yeah. You feel me? Like, I, I, I think it'd be beautiful. I think Roman would kill it. Um, yeah. Channing, who gets the pin in the six woman tag team match at clash of, uh, clash of the castle. Now we know it's Bianca Belair, Oscar and Alexa bliss versus control made up of Bailey, Dakota Kai and EO sky. So who pins who? So first and foremost, I now I love Oscar, but Oscar's gonna eat some pins. Mm. That's what that's what Oscar does. She she goes through her stretches where it's like, oh, Oscar's unstoppable. She is the Empress of Tomorrow. No one can stop her. But then she'll go through a three month stretch, and it's like, Oscar lost to Dana Brooke again. I don't know. I don't really know what's going on. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you understand. You know what I'm saying? It'd just be randomly. It's like Oscar is losing to. Shayna Baszler again, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. So I think it will be Asuka because she just eats pins sometimes. And I think Alexis kind of talked about wanting to get back into main event and like be a single star. So I think she's they're gonna keep her kind of in the hovering stage. And then Bianca's not. I mean, yeah. Bianca, what are we talking about? <laughs> Bianca not taking that pin. And so I definitely think control gets the win, unless there's some type of chicanery 
I don't think there's enough like goodwill between the the babyface team of Bianca and them. So I think it will be damage control. So I would say Bailey, but I feel like Bailey is like the type of leader who will give it to like Dakota Kai or EO. So I must just say, just for the, the the spice of it, I think EO will pin Asuka. And then they might have like a match on Raw or something to kind of like blow off the feud. But I, I think Bailey will try and give the spot to EO and have it be EO pinning Asuka. And I think even Asuka, I'm sure like they'd be cool with that. That's a match people want to see too. But yeah, so Asuka's, I think, going to eat it. EO, it's a nice mood salt, some cool spot gets the W. So I I feel you on that, and I definitely see like it's clear Bailey wants to uplift the other people, but I also see a world where Bianca is not following in the footsteps of certain wrestlers who refuse to lose and politic to not lose. I feel like I can see Bianca being the type to be like, yo, Bailey just came back, but Bailey could pin me to get some heat, or Dakota could pin me, or EO Sky could pin me, like. Bianca as champion, she hasn't lost a match since I don't even fucking know when. Like she she's been cooking since Becky, since like yeah, like she's been cooking since that Becky feud after the after twenty six seconds. So I, I feel like I could see a world where like her as champion, her taking one loss is not going to kill her. Like Bianca Belair is Bianca Belair at this point, and we've seen certain champions lose more often than Bianca. She doesn't lose at all. Like like we've seen the Big E lost OD during his reign. Like. Um, yeah. fucking Finn Balor as U.S. champion lost a bunch. Like, Finn woo, 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 hey, stop it! Stop! Woo, 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 <laughs> come on, like, come on, bro! I was, I was, I was locked in. You, you trying to knock me off my pivot? We're not doing that. <laughs> Finn, Finn won his match last week. We don't need to hear that. It's, it's, it's Win Balor. All right, you feel me? Win Balor. Thank you. But um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like because Bianca, it's clear that they love Bianca. They're always going to position her in a very big spot but i can see her as the type to also being like yo yeah like I- i'm her but i want to cre- i want you to create some other hers so i feel like i can see a world where especially like with it being like bailey just returning like if you want to make it a big moment for you know bailey and her people like you let bailey pin bianca in there in, in in their show in wales and you, you make it a big thing and then you let them run that i quit match that they were supposed to have that they couldn't because bailey got hurt or you let eo sky pin bianca and you set that up again or like i don't know like i, I feel like bianca's not going to be a selfish you know star like like we know certain people whose whose names rhyme with um uh stanks um or um or <laughs> or uh you know charlotte like you know like Say, P- barlet bear yeah yeah Bar- barlet bear you know like I don't know. So that, that's something that I can envision as well. But um, I feel I think it's gonna be a really great match regardless. Like that's a that's a lot of a lot of talent in uh sure. in, in one ring. Um lastly, I'll I'll answer one for myself. Is Johnny Gargano going to get the briefcase off Austin Theory? So I I, I would like it. I just don't think that they want to rush things with Gargano yet. Like I I, th- I think you really create like a substantial feud between him and Theory. Um and but I feel like you keep theory. I like, I would rather see theory cash in and fail than just lose the briefcase completely. Like seeing him come in during Roman and Brock and just him being that annoying ass dude. He is like, like you want to do that in a scenario where it's if Drew wins the title and then Drew is facing carrying cross Austin theory runs out and then he gets put in a pack by Drew and carrying Or if it's Roman versus Bobby, like, you know, theory comes out again and gets put in a pack Like situations like that, where he has to really figure out, how he's going to sneak people who are bigger than him, stronger than him and cash in. And uh, I think with Johnny, the better moment for him would be similar to like a Kofi moment or a Daniel Bryan moment 
or a Bianca moment or a, a Becky Lynch moment from 2019 where he like stri- scratches and claws his way and just like completely like out wrestles, you know, a, a champion who people think that he can't beat. So um, I, th- I think that theories, theories, I don't think Gargano is going to get it off of theory. I do think that they should have like a series of matches. Um, and I think that'll be a pretty fun, uh, pretty fun feud. So that's our free write. Let's jump into our rewrite for y'all. So we're here to talk about the Alabaster Warrior himself, the, 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 the Celtic Warrior. Some people have referred to him as Mayonnaise. Some people, I think uh, Riddle called him like Firehead or something like that. Um, but uh, yes, this is none other than Seamus. So he's from Dublin, the Republic of Ireland, 44 years old. If we jump into his stats, he is a former three-time WWE champion, a world heavyweight champion, a three-time US champion, a four-time Raw Tag Team champion, a SmackDown Tag Team champion, a King of the Ring, Money in the Bank winner, 2012 Royal Rumble winner. And in 2012, he was ranked number five in the PWI singles 500 wrestlers list um he debuted as we saw and as i got wrong in the, in the before we write segment that you all should listen to on patreon patreon backslash the a show rnc um he debuted in 2009 on ecw feuded with gold dust feuded with sean benjamin before he was quickly hot shotted to raw uh, he won a um breakout uh, battle royal and he faced john cena for the wwe title and he defeated john cena at tlc 2009 for the WWE title, went on to um, the Royal Rumble, where he defeated Randy Orton by disqualification. Then he ultimately lost the WWE title in the Elimination Chamber in 2010, got eliminated by Triple H due to interference by Cody Rhodes, started a feud with Triple H, and faced Triple H at WrestleMania 26. Now, Sheamus' uh, push, quite an interesting time, man. You know, this is one of the, uh, what a lot of people call the worst time uh, for WWE. And this is like, couple of years before CM Punk, you know, the, the summer of Punk, the pipe bomb, all that. So it was like, we had to go through some tough times. Like, you know, I, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. We had to really get it out the mud. We had to get it out the mud watching Sheamus get multiple WWE title reigns. And we, we was there with uh, Alex Riley. We was there with, you oh, know, man. like a, a bunch of a bunch of random niggas. Jack Swagger's era. Like, you know, we, we had to really go through a lot, a lot of shit, a lot of shit. But um. We're here. Yeah, y'all deserve y'all deserve better, man. I y'all deserve a lot for that. I did, I did not have to. Oh man. It was it was dark times. And like as a kid, when you know you don't know that this is all like you know worked, I was like, this guy Seamus really beat John Cena. How? Like how, 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 how is this guy beating John Cena? I saw John Cena F you big show. I, I saw John Cena do this, do like what? Who, who is this pacey dude? Being like my superhero at the time, so it was a wicked time. But uh, you know, Vince loves you know buff white men, and Sheamus fit the bill. And granted, Sheamus doesn't get enough recognition. That that nigga be working like he and he. he this nigga told us on Friday SmackDown, banger after banger after banger after banger <laughs> after banger. He was talking to shows like yo, Sheamus, you do put on bangers. Like the bro kick is hard. The um the uh the Irish cross back uh power power bomb he used to do. The fucking Celtic, no, it's Celtic Cross, and then it's the Irish Curse Backbreaker, and then the um, what's the other move he does where he holds niggas? Oh, damn, what's that shit called? I forget. White something. Northern white, noise. Like white, white noise. White noise. White noise. Yeah. White noise. Yes. Northern lights is a suplex. My yes, 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 exactly. Like <laughs> Sheamus is nice. He's that guy. So um, and I think his 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 longevity in WWE should be celebrated as well because a lot of niggas who come and go, but Sheamus has found a reason to be featured on TV regularly, and he's 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 been really impressive. So. Um, yeah, but we're going to take it back to the beginning, his, his breakthrough moment, um, the 2009 WWE title reign for Sheamus. I know, Chan, uh, you need to go first, so please. All right, so um, I'm going to take you on a tale 
of a boy from Dublin, Ireland. Um, so he, this part I'm keeping the same, previews in June of 2009 on the ECW brand, feuding with Shelton Benjamin, who has recently got some acclaim. Go check out some of his younger work. You kids don't know. I know Balch, Shelton Benjamin looks crazy, but he was a real wrestler. So get Shelton Benjamin and Gold Dust in 2009. Um, and like Armand says, in real life, kind of in the end of October, he moves over to Raw. But in this story, I'm going to keep him on ECW. So in 2009, Sheamus steps to then ECW champion Christian. It's like, hey, bro, they're kind of downplaying our brand. Like, we're not getting on pay-per-views. We're not talking about our money. We're all, you're the champion. You should be doing more. Like, you should really be out here. Like, you're not really the champion. Like, I'm the future. I'm about to be the face of this brand. But, like, if you're going to stay ground in my ECW, you need to step up. So this leads to Sheamus um, attacking Randy Orton. Uh, basically saying like we're on the future you're kind of where this company used to be ecw's you know taking over i would love a match at survivor series so in that november we set up a survivor series match of team orton being cody rhodes ted dibiase jr cm punk and our truth there's so much our truth in 2009 <laughs> 2010 like winning matches like our truth defeat cm punk type type results it's crazy yeah um our truth against Team Christian, which is Christian, Seamus, Selton Benjamin, Tommy Dreamer, and Gold Dust. Um, team ECW, Team Christian gets the win with Seamus sacrificing Christian for an RKO to get the Bro Creek on Randy Orton to pull out the win and be the sole survivor for Team ECW. Um, then in December 2009, Seamus again steps to Christian. He says, I was the sole survivor. I put the team on my back. You know, I held us down. I should be the champion. Um, and so then he has to face his rest of his team in a series of qualifying matches. He faces Tommy Dreamer in a tables match, uh, Goldust in a chairs match, and Shelton Benjamin in a ladder match, winning all three to then go on and face Christian at TLC for the ECW championships in which he wins. So now it's December 2009, Seamus is champion. January 2010, um, Ezekiel Jackson wins a battle royale, faces Seamus and loses at the Royal Rumble, but that's kind of where we wrap up ECW. In real life, they kind of took it off TV around February, but we're just going to end it clearly at the Royal Rumble in January. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, it was on Sci-Fi by then or whatever weird channel. Like we weren't even watching it. Um, so February 2010, uh, Jericho wins the World Heavyweight Championship at the Elimination Chamber. Edge has won the Royal Rumble and is number one contender. Um, so at, you know, the next SmackDown, uh, you know, Chris Jericho's out talking about he's a champion. And then Teddy Long, wait a minute, player. I got something to say. We got a new hot free agent we just signed. Oh, my goodness. It's ECW champion Sheamus coming out to SmackDown. Sheamus says, you know what? I'm the champion still of ECW. You know, I'm the big the big name. I'm the hot shot. I think I should be the champion of SmackDown now. Oh my goodness, you think you know me. Edge comes out too. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I'm still number one contender, but I would love to take both of you guys' title against you. Little like clever side note to Christian, you know, Edge's, that's my friend. You beat up the duck. Setting up then our WrestleMania 26 match, where if you look at a WrestleMania card that was low key buns, <laughs> WrestleMania 26 is, I mean, like, it's hard to, like, there's the high is good. Like, you know, have you up Undertaker, Batista, like, I mean, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, like, you have some decent matches, but it's just like, oh, this is a lot of, like, Jer was it the Miz show beating, <laughs> like, a lot of Big Show, a lot of Miz. It's just a lot, a lot going on. 
But anyway, real quick before you was that the mania? Um, was that in Arizona? Was yes, that where so. it was? That was um with Ted DiBiase and Cody Rhodes. The triple threat, yeah, with yeah. Randy Orton, yeah, twenty six, yeah. I think Jack Swagger wins money in the bank. Yeah, it's bad. It's not good. <laughs> it's not oh good. Which is also crazy because he said, like, the, the Sheamus match was just a one-off match with Triple H. And it's like, that that's where you use that. You use Triple H and Sheamus in that way, but whatever. Um, So you're setting up the Triple Threat, like I said, Edge versus Chris Jericho versus Sheamus, Unification of the World Heavyweight Championship, ECW Championship tonight, just the World Heavyweight Championship. Oh, to get God. us back to get us back into the timeline, Jericho wins. We're back in the normal thing. But yeah, I think it's a nicer kind of kind of like they're doing with NXT UK of like, let's at least kind of wrap up the bow on these championships, even if we give them new ones in a month from now. Because um, the, these ECW niggas had Ezekiel Jackson win it on the very last episode. Last day. And then <laughs> the title was done and the show was done. So Ezekiel Jackson just he just went to SmackDown with nothing. Like <laughs> they, they would just say, Oh, he's the very last ECW champion. He didn't have no title to prove it. Nigga, like what? Where's the footage? Where's the documentation? He's <laughs> just a big Where? nigga. Like, yeah, you, you could tell us that. Some niggas ain't watch ECW on sci-fi. <laughs> They're not and, it's also, and it also to me, like the way if you watch even that Seamus like John Cena Tables match, like it's you watch the match and like, oh, this seems like it's an accident. Like, this doesn't seem like it was supposed to happen. John jumped. John yeah. jumped off the turnbuckle. <laughs> Seamus didn't push him. John yeah. just jumped off the shit. He just, like, <laughs> flies backwards. And so I feel like the ECW stuff gives Seamus a little bit time to slower, really bit slower, build himself back up, earn some more credibility. Also, it's like, again, I understand that, like, there was, like, four main event guys this time. So, like, you got to get him to the main roster eventually. But I think you kind of slow play it, give him some legitimacy as the ECW champion before he then becomes, you know, WWE champion down the road. But I get it, you know. You can't have Christian be World Heavyweight Champion for too long. I get it. I get it, Vince. I hear you, bro. You For whatever reason, you don't want, like, Christian Ray Mysterio hold on to him for that long. I don't know what they did to you, bro, <laughs> but, like, they just can't have it. Yeah. But, well. Oh, that was a fantastic regret, as per usual. Um, you know, with uh, with Cody and Eve being two masterminds, I'm I'm very interested in uh, which I which I would do with Sheamus. So please, whoever wants to take the floor from your side, Cody, you want it? Yeah. Um, the thing I would do for Sheamus's title run. Uh, let's start at the match. TLC, uh, 2009. John Cena, the jump off the table. <laughs> <laughs> I would start right there. It's just like, because like, all in all, I don't have a problem with Sheamus becoming WWE champion at all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys said before, like it's a time and period. At that time in wrestling, it was, you know what I mean? It's a little shaky. You need yeah. some new stars. You know what I'm saying? Triple H. I think Triple H was on his way out. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? He was towards the end of his career and everything. And of course you got Super Cena and all of this stuff, but you need, you got to build some more guys and everything. So I, is Sheamus the right guy at the time? Yeah, why not? You know what I'm saying? I like Sheamus to this day. Sheamus is still going strong. Sheamus still puts on great matches, entertaining, do whatever the company wants him to do. So cool. I'm rolling with it. That finish. We're not going to get off that. That yeah. yeah. So the only thing I would change is like, because like after Sheamus had won the title, he didn't get clean wins. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, like he faced these opponents, every opponent he faced towards the end of his title reign, he won off some DQ or it was some bullshit. It's like if you're going to hot shot a guy who's 
second pay-per-view, I think this was like his second pay-per-view, he became WWE champion. It's like he's building all of this momentum into a fact to mm-hmm. where now he got the title. Y'all just going to do him dirty like this? Like, yeah. no, is you going to hot shot somebody, continue to build him and make him look stronger? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's like pretty much the only thing. I would have Sheamus like, I know you don't want to just bury like Cena and have him looking bad and have him take another L and everything. Cool. Y'all could have pushed that off. But these other guys on this roster, whoever is his, his contenders, and why not give Sheamus the clean win? Like, yeah. why not? That's the only thing I don't like. And if you wanted Sheamus to lose the title, you could have lost it right back to Cena if that's the case. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, like, just build it some time and then have Cena squash him like he was doing everybody else. Mm-hmm. But that's really the only thing. I think Sheamus was the right guy. He came in. He's something new, freshening up have fans get familiar with the guy. Like you said, you could have built it up a little bit more to where he's in this position. But for me, is I would have, hey, I see nothing wrong. Like I said before, the only thing you got to have him, once he get that title, have him beat ass. Like, just that's it. That's it. I don't really have a problem with this at all. So that's why when you guys say, you're going to do the shameless thing, it's like, I'm looking back on it. I'm like, I don't really have that much of, a question on it you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying it's not really that much for me to change yeah other than that i respect that yeah like you you, you can't have a celtic warrior who not who not being a warrior like the nigga was out here exactly. you know squeezing by like <laughs> just, just getting by getting dq wins at like i'm like <laughs> no yeah I'm, I'm not wrong i feel that i feel that if how about you my brother I I say the same thing, man. Like just like you said, I I the same statements, man. You can't you can't be labeled a warrior and you out here skating off on on DQ wins and and, and wild finishes, man. You yeah. looking in, in the words of my brother Cody Drake, you looking iffy in the light. <laughs> let's let's build you up as a real warrior, as a dominator, mm-hmm. a world beater, and then let's have you looking right, man. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. CCI, and I know you got something elaborate planned for us. I'm very excited based off of your, your energy throughout the episode. So uh, let's jump into you. Everyone get your juice boxes and strap on your motherfucking seatbelts. We going on the ride. Uh, <laughs> so I I actually I actually picked the second reign that uh, Seamus had. That was in 2010 also. Um, so where I am with it is like, we still do, you know, Seamus gets his first, you know, title reign or whatever, but then he loses it at um, Elimination Chamber or whatever. He has to go get it back. Um, he ends up getting it back um, when he uh, uh, goes up against Cena or whatever um, at the Fatal 4-Way or whatever. And he's the 100th champion in history, whatever, blah, 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 blah. All right. So. Um, and then he like has the whole thing with Randy Orton, he retains it um, at SummerSlam. So we're going to start after he retains it against Randy Orton at SummerSlam. So it's the Raw after SummerSlam or whatever, right? Shame is celebrating his win or whatever in the ring or whatever. He's talking about he being Randy Orton ass or whatever. We won't see him for a while. He's like, in fact, we probably won't see another worthy competitor for a while, whatever, because he's being John Cena. He's being Randy Orton. Who else can you throw at him, whatever? And then the lights start to flicker. And then Seamus is wondering what's going on. And then he gets silent for a bit. And then he goes to like to just talk again or whatever. And then the lights go out. 
And then the lights come back on and then it's three masked people around the ring. And then Seamus tries to like take them on or whatever, but you get jumped or whatever. And then you get put through a table or whatever. And then that's like the end of that or whatever. They just take them off to the back and the guys like disappear. The next week, Seamus says that those people are man enough. They'll reveal themselves and um, they'll come face them. He said he would take him on in a handicap match or whatever. He talking all that big shit. So he living up to that, that Celtic warrior shit or whatever. He tried to be like, yeah, you know, I'll take all you guys on or whatever. Right. Um, so uh, the lights flicker again, but then like nothing happens. And then like he ends up going to the back or whatever. But then like towards the end of the show, they just cut to the camera being in the back. And you just see Seamus getting his ass whooped in the back by the three mask uh, hooded people again or whatever. And that's just how the episode ends. So the next week, uh um Seamus comes out and he's like all right y'all niggas gotta come out or whatever like right now we gotta do this shit right now whatever right they don't come out Seamus just goes crazy at uh backstage whatever he's like throwing shit around or whatever all show or whatever they just like he just fucking shit up at the end of the show he storms in one to the one of the WWE officials office or whatever because he's like trying to figure out what's going on but there's like nobody in there or whatever and he doesn't pay attention to that at first or whatever then he like notices that and then the lights flicker and then you see the hooded figures behind him again and then it like fades to black to like signal that they probably was about to whoop this nigga ass so the next week on raw the first segment is a mysterious mysterious video package that references the shoots and ladder games just like heights and then just like falling in general or whatever and then like later Sheamus has like a number one contenders match against John Morrison to see if John Morrison can come get the title off him because this is where we are with the roster in 2010 um when it looks like Sheamus has John beat then the, liker, the lights flicker again, and then we get a clip from the video package again, and then John gets the roll-up win or whatever. So John Morrison actually becomes the number one contender for the, the title. And Sheamus is furious or whatever. So, like, next next week, the Raw opens with, like, John just getting whooped in the back or whatever. And he's getting, uh, he's getting whooped by those three uh, hooded masked figures or whatever. And then later on in the show, they're like, oh, it looks like uh, John Morrison is going to be out for at least a few weeks with a rib uh, injury or so whatever. It's just a work injury or whatever, right? And then Seamus comes out later and he cuts a promo where you're, you know, realizing that he was going to have to have this contenders match and him being the warrior who doesn't want to be a warrior. And like, this is the same guy who won by all those DQs or whatever. He like, he's like, oh, like I was able to slip out of that. So he's like, actually, you know, maybe you guys should like come work for me or whatever. Like what you did for John Morrison, you can help me do for, for other stuff or whatever. He was like, yeah, I've had help in the past. He kind of like makes the reference to the ne- Nexus or whatever. Um, but then he like asked them about it and he's like, you know, come out if you guys have any answer and there's just like no response. And then that's just it or whatever. So on the night of champions, um, and this actually happened, like Seamus um, had like a six pack challenge, I think it was called with like Orton, Edge, Jericho, Cena and Wade Barrett or whatever. So like it looks like Seamus is about to lose because um, he makes it to the end. I think it was him and Randy at the end or whatever. And then the lights flicker and then the lights go out. And next thing you know, um, like everybody except for Seamus is just laid out. And then Seamus gets the bro kick at the end and um, and pin. And um, and then he ends up retaining or whatever. And then you can see the hood of figures like off in the crowd and it kind of ends like that or whatever. So the raw after Seamus is like, all right, let me let me offer like a hand, like really, I'll pay you guys, blah, blah, blah. Like he's just really extending uh, a hand or whatever, saying like you guys should come work with me or whatever. Right. Um, and then 
uh, the video package comes on and it kind of like references the fall again. Then the lights go out and then like some hard ass metal music comes on or whatever. And then these soft blue lights go on and you see three hooded figures at the entrance or whatever. And the shortest in the middle is standing at the entrance or whatever. And um, he has a mic and he only says like one or two sentences or whatever, but he kind of references that it's Seamus's time to, uh, to fall or whatever. And then Seamus starts going crazy and he takes back the invitation. And then he invites them to fight him in the ring since they're there right now or whatever. Um, and then they just kind of just uh, like the lights go out and then they just disappear from the entrance. So later, Seamus has a match against Barrett or whatever. And during the match, the lights go out. And then when the lights come back on, Barrett is laid out in the ring and then Seamus goes for the pin. And then the lights go out again. And then the, there's two hooded figures um, on the ring or whatever. Um, and they're kind of like crowding them. At this point, like the referees, like, you know, kind of like called it or whatever. And like, um, Wade Bear is like off to the side or whatever. And then like as they're on the ring post, the are on the side of the ring, the hooded, the two hooded figures, the bigger ones, reveal themselves. It's Shelton Benjamin and Gold Dust. <laughs> I'm happy. See, I'm happy I wasn't tuned in during this time. Like, what? All right. All right. So Seamus misses the bro kick on Gold Dust, and then they start jumping him. And then the last hooded figure comes out and says, and now you fall into the mic and then he super kicks him uh like he uh Seamus is held up like he's on his knees and like Joan Benjamin and Gold does have him and then the the shorter figure like super kicks the shit out of him or whatever um and then the figure turns to the hard camera and he reveals himself it's fucking Jamie Noble guys because <laughs> Seamus retired Jamie Noble <laughs> and Jamie Noble is coming back to get his fucking revenge <laughs> so it was so yeah these are the three people the first three people that that Seamus squashed on his way to the top so <laughs> so so the three of them come out on raw next week and jamie cuts the shoot promo talking about he's how he's been around for a lot of champions and how a lot of people don't realize that if it wasn't for people like him Shelton and gold dust that the people the people who got trampled along on the road to success the people like Seamus wouldn't even be a champion or whatever it actually ends up being like oh okay i see what you're talking about kind of like uh, a pro obviously it's jamie noble so it doesn't like go that hard or whatever right and then he challenges uh sheamus to a championship match at hell in a cell this actually happens <laughs> so we make it to hell in a cell and gold doesn't show benjamin you know crash the party as expected but right when it looks like the three of them have sheamus dead to right then uh, Randy Orton RKO Shelton Benjamin or whatever, because Randy Orton was a contender for that, that championship at one point too. And he's like, yo, this sideshow shouldn't be here or whatever. Right. And then edge just comes out of nowhere and spirits gold does Cause he wants the title again too, or whatever. Right. And then edge and gold does kind of go off to the arena as they beating each other ass. And then Randy throws uh Shelton out of the cell. So now it looks like, Jamie and Seamus or whatever are both kind of like groggy and like in the ring or whatever. And it looks like like Randy's going to want to get that payback for when they attacked him um, at the the night of champions or whatever and let Seamus get the win. But then he goes over to Seamus and he RKO's him and fucking Jamie Noble just <laughs> turns over and he wins the motherfucking WWE championship at Hell in a Cell. And the very next night on Raw, he goes to celebrate only to hear from WWE officials that he'll defend it and the, defend the championship that same night in a fatal four way with Sheamus, Randy or an edge and Randy uh, ends up winning the title and Sheamus ends up re-retiring Jamie Noble. <laughs> That's my re-rank. <laughs> 
You're you're a madman. Yo, what? <laughs> you're a madman. I'm I'm crying because Cece loves the loves the secret, the 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 mask reveal thing for his rewrites. And it's always some crazy people. Like one time we got Billy Kidman and Rob Van Dam taking masks off. Now we got we got Shelton, Goldust, and Jamie Noble working together. That, no. <laughs> See, that's like that's like 3MB before 3MB. But Jamie so here's Noble the thing: being the elite is insane. In- insane. <laughs> so here's the thing: I looked, I looked at the roster, and the first thing I thought was like, nothing here is good enough for me to do anything reasonable. There's nothing mm-hmm. gonna be interesting. Like, so I just gotta go crazy with this shit. <laughs> that's uh, that's why they needed Nexus soon after that. That's why they did Nexus soon yes. after that because they had nothing that they had to nothing. cause some crazy ass chaos. Bro, wow. I remember oh, playing. Shit. I, this was, I think, this is the. WWE like t- twelve or some shit like that when they mm-hmm. just, like straight away from um from the you know SmackDown versus Raw shit yeah and the the roster had like thirteen whatever whatever it was with Punk on the cover the roster had like thirteen niggas all together I was like yo I can't even get jiggy with the, I can't get jiggy <laughs> with this shit and I was like well, who am I supposed to play with so yeah. like, this shit had like thir- twelve niggas. And the women's division was like eight girls, like eight women. I was like, bro, like grand total of 30 niggas in your company, dog. Like, yeah. come on, man. It was, you, it was you dark times. A, word, you gave me a classroom full of a classroom for a roster. I gotta work with this shit, man. Whew. Wow. Wow, CC. I don't I, I I don't think I could follow that up. So I'm just I'm just not going to because we gave y'all a pretty, <laughs> pretty long episode I'm already. Speechless. Yeah, bro, like uh, wow. Different. Uh, I'm 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 blown away. I'm blown away. But um I'm also regularly blown away by the work that our brothers at uh, the Black Announce Table are doing along with Chris. So thank y'all again for pulling up, man. This really uh, means a lot. We had a great time with y'all. Please, you know, let the people know where to follow y'all, where to find y'all, and like everything that they should be tapping into with the Black Announce Table. Oh, man. Uh, I'll do this one, Cody. You did the last one. Uh, Black Announce Table on YouTube. Run that up. Patreon.com slash Black Announce Table. TBAT Plus. If you listen, if you're on Apple Podcasts, and you go over to our, you know what I'm saying, our section, our podcast, you go ahead, click TBAT Plus, it's seven days risk-free. You got the Wiretap podcast, the Audio Drays, the TBAT radios, this back catalog that you can't find nowhere else. So, hey, if you want to, check it out. It's there, you know what I'm saying? Hey, every every Friday, 9 a.m. on YouTube, you know where to find us, Black Announce Table. Armand, Cece, Channing's gone, but I appreciate you guys for having us, man. This was really fun. Absolutely. We got to get y'all on the show, man. We're going to run that yeah, trivia yeah. back. This, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we yeah, we have to. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely want to run that trivia back. But, like, yo, you guys do an amazing job. This was great, man. Thank I couldn't you. even imagine. My man's his rewrite just... <laughs> Still Madness. got my mind in the loop right now, but look, man, I tried to keep oh, it. Shit. I try to keep it simple, man. But <laughs> you know, but man, you guys do a great job, man. This was this was amazing, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Of I want to say also before before we get out of here, man. This look, I I appreciate people that do something different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and it's kind of I know it's kind of you know with, with wrestling, it's it's easy to you know do the same shit, but this right here, y'all took a, a different approach on everything and. Yeah. Just from start to finish, man, I, I really appreciate what you guys doing and how you do it. So, thank you. Kudos to you guys, man. 
Thank you, fellas. Thank, Thank you. you. It means a lot. So, like they said, make sure y'all tap in with the Black and Out Stable. They're doing amazing work. Um, they, they got like what twenty million on Jiffy at this point. I don't even know. Yeah, that niggas going crazy <laughs> over there. <laughs> they owe us a plaque or something. Yeah, like <laughs> triple platinum, <laughs> triple right. platinum. But I guess this has been the rewriters room with our guys Cody Dre and E from the Black and Out Stable. Of course, you know me. It's Armand CC Chan has dipped out. But uh, yeah, make sure y'all tap in. Make sure y'all listen to the A Show. Make sure you listen to the War Report. Make sure you listen to everything on our Patreon once again. Again, it is patreon.com backslash the A Show RNC. And we will see y'all very, very soon.